Welcome to The Campaigns, the actual play podcast from the RPG Academy. I am Michael, and this is Secrets, Lies, and the Undead, episode number three, Three Strikes. In this episode, we continue where we left off with the battle raging between Thidel and Ravage in the graveyard against the ghouls, while Corbin continues to sneak his way through the museum, looking for clues left behind by his now-dead benefactor, Cornelius. So here is the campaign's Secrets, Lies, and Undead, Episode 3, Three Strikes. Okay. Um, I'm going to use my standard as another move and get further away from him. Okay. So you basically come up a little bit higher. So you're now at the crest of this small little hill. And uh, you can see behind you, there appears to be more forms further off into the graveyard coming towards you. They're so far away, you can't tell if they're human, if they're zombie, if they're ghoul. But there's definitely humanoids, other humanoids in the graveyard that are making their way towards you. Uh, now I know why in medieval times no one went jogging. Because it's terribly <laughs> dangerous. We're all going to die. <laughs> all right, Ravage, you are unaware of these other humanoids. You have a ghoul to your right that is almost dead, and you have one less javelin and two ghouls in front of you. What would you like to do, sir? Uh, the ghouls coming at me are still a quote-unquote turn out, right, before they become a... Cor- I'm going yes. to look back and in exhaustion say, this guy's still here, and I'm going to attempt to end his miserable existence. Uh, where, where were we at? Plus three? Three. Oh, I knight the Sir Ghoul of Ghouly Pond. <laughs> so even with it on its knees, a ten is not quite high enough to hit. <laughs> You basically overcompensate. You, you <laughs> I don't even know how to describe this. You just missed. It was awful. You, you stepped on a uh, on his intestines. That's yeah. yeah you slip on his say, intestines. I, I came in for a swing and slip on on his intestines and just kind of catch my footing and then just look at him still standing there in exhaustion and just <laughs> bastard. Nice. All right. So top of the order again. It's the ghouls. I'm actually going to lower the escalation back to two because that was a second <laughs> round for both of you. All right, so the ghoul does not feel like climbing a small hill, so he's going to turn his attention to Ravage, which is beside him. Uh, that is a 20, so that will be eight points of damage, and you are vulnerable to other undead attacks until the end of its next turn. The other two ghouls are going to continue making their way. They are now short distance. They are not engaged, but they will be next turn. All right, Thidel. Here we go. Here's here's the magic time. Jeez. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm going to... First, I'm going to use a free action to say, I think there's more coming. That seems pretty reasonable. Then I'm going to free action. Ravage will assume, Ravage will assume that's the two he already knows about. I, I, I also gestured over my shoulder behind the hill toward the uh, not oh. those two. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully okay. The barbarian is not quite that dense, I'd like to think. I'd like to think that too. <laughs> when I drop the greatsword, draw my bow, and I'm going to make... Uh, what I hope to be two attacks against the two ghouls who are approaching us. 
The escalation die is two now or one? Two. Okay. First attack. Natural 20. Natural 20. There we go. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and use my my um, elven power uh, once per battle. Subtract so one from that die, so it's a 19. But thanks to my first strike talent, it is still a critical threat. Or a critical. However those work in the system. And then I get to roll a second attack against the other guy. Okay. And that's a 23. Does that hit? Yes, that hits. Good. So we'll do, we'll do damage on the first one first. So again, it's basically max damage, and then you roll again. So you're minimally going to do max damage plus one. Okay. So just assume you're going to roll damage twice, so just assume the first the, time you rolled a tie as possible. The escalation die does not count as damage. Okay. That's a 16 for damage. I rolled a two. Okay. And then the second one is a 10 for damage. I rolled a 6. The first shot straight through the the ghoul one ear out the other. It falls over and is not moving. It is completely returned back to the earth from which it came. And then you kind of hamstrung or shot the other one in the thigh. And it's already sort of staggered step grows worse. And it's actually going to be slowed for the rest of the battle. Excellent. All right, Ravage. You have no one in front of you, but there are two ghouls that are now... You could run at them and attack them this turn if you wish. Okay, so the one that was next to me is dead. It was already dead, but now it's not moving anymore. Gotcha. Uh, I am going to whirlwind the two coming at me that are now within distance. Okay, so you're going to move and then whirlwind attack. Yes. Fantastic. Um, How does that work? If I uh, I get to attack each of them individually and, and do damage to both, Potentially. Okay. I have no missed damage. If I put the roll number to two, is it going to roll the two d20s individually and add the modifier? We'll combine them and confuse them. I think I think it'll show us each roll, so we could do that ourselves. Or at least we'll find out. Yeah. I think it does that though. Is this a plus two modifier or a plus three? You're at plus two. Plus two. So essentially, that's a sixteen and a nineteen, correct? Yes. Okay. One of those hits. One of those hits. Fantastic. Die. High or low? High. All right, you can pick. Which one do you want to hit, the fresh one or the one that's already been injured? The fresh one. Okay. All right, you uh, chop into his shoulder. The other one actually takes a a lurching step, kind of half stumbles because of the arrow, and that's why your blade goes actually over top of its head. Gotcha. All right, that is now back to the ghouls, which means Escalation Die is back at three, but we're going to jump back over to Corbin. All right, Corbin. So you have just successfully taken out the first of three shadow bats. What would you like to do now? So uh, this this is legitimately these are the shadow bat guild thieves guild guys, right? You re- you believe them to be so? Yes. Okay. I'm going to take take a turn to pull the body back into the shadows. Okay. You are successful. So we're kind of back in the stacks. Can I can I go up to the uh, like the top of one of the bookshelves or book racks so I could get a better view of where the other two guys are? You could, but there's a chance you would make noise doing that. So it's just uh, it'd be basically a, a successful dex check to do it without knocking a book over or otherwise alerting them to your presence. Because they, you know, they know you're there. You're just not where they think you are. Gotcha. Um, from from where I am at this point, having just dragged the body back and maybe sticking my head back out a little bit, 
Can I see the other two guys? Um, yes. Okay. Now, these are the two that were closer to each other. Yes, they're basically one on opposite sides of the stair. Um, but again, they don't appear to be like ready for an ambush, even though they're kind of in like a flanking position. They appear to be more just trying to hide in the shadows. So they're not doing anything. They're just sitting there. Waiting. Kind of waiting. Yep. New plan. I'm going to take the Shadowbat costume off the dead guy and pull it on. Okay. You uh, you find it close enough as a fit that you can do so without really any issues. It might be a little baggy on you because you're kind of a slight-framed little dude, but uh, but it definitely fits. It would passable. And it, it does have this sort of the ninja eye slits, so there's not like your face would be exposed either. Okay. So I'm going to do that. Then I'm going to... Okay. So they were going through the books. Yeah. Well, either they were or someone else was earlier. You didn't right. see them going through the books, but clearly they had been gone through. Now, this was the upper level where the hidey hole was in one of the books, right? Yes. Okay. After I put on the guy's clothes over my clothes, I'm just going to go right for where I know my secret book to be. Okay. Roll me AD20. 11. Okay. So you start making your way uh, back into that area. Again, there's probably more light up here than, than downstairs. So you're able to move pretty easily. You don't see any other shadow bats. You do see that there are books pretty much all over this area they've been gone through. It doesn't look like it's in any specific order. Like they didn't take just one shelf and go through it. It doesn't really have a lot of rhyme and reason to it. Uh, eventually, you're able to find the book you're looking for. It does not yet do look to have been disturbed. All right, I'm going to grab it and flip it open. Okay, there is another small piece of parchment inside. Uh, I'm going to grab it, not even going to take the time to read it, throw it in my belt pouch, and I'm going to make my way back to the stairs where the other two guys are, kind of kind of stick my head out of the shadows, get their attention, and say, hey, I heard something downstairs. Okay, as you're making your way back through the stacks, there's actually a large thump sound. As you sort of clear one area, you see that a large, like, seven-foot-tall form has jumped through one of the open windows above you and landed in a crouch in the area not far from where you were heading. And the figure stands up, and it's vaguely feminine. Like, it's, it's big. It's like seven feet tall, but there's, like, the outlines of boobs in the ninja outfit. It's still just a slit. And the it basically almost like the Terminator, it, like, stands up from a crouch and turns its eyes towards you and starts walking at you with purpose. Wait, it jumped through the window? Well, like, it was open. Like, there was a skylight. Like, oh. you imagine this might have been where the sky uh, shadow bath already came through. So it basically just jumped down through an open skylight onto the balcony just a few feet in front of where you were heading, stopping you in your tracks, and then it stands up Terminator-style and looks at you. And we're back to the ghouls. Oh. So I think I'm happier with the ghouls. <laughs> ghoul number one, so we're at a four. Ghoul number one, which is the the one that you just hit, is going to attack you. And though it's ghoul number two, I'll just uh, roll them separately. Uh, that would be an 18 and a 24. Both miss because I'm awesome. Okay. I got to do the math here. 
So I rolled the 18 first, which hits, so it does 8 points of damage. Gotcha. It makes you vulnerable to attacks. Sure the does. The second attack hit you for 12 points of damage, and it was an even roll, which means you are stunned. Save in. Oh man, we're going to die out here. But hey, they'll have a mausoleum up for you in no time. If there's one thing in this town they can do, it's mausoleums. <laughs> Mausoleums are us. One on every corner. All right, Sidel. Like state that I am staggered. It's it's the Terminator's day job. <laughs> you know, if 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 I had another heel, I'd use it, buddy. I really would. I can't ask for anything more. I'm uh, gonna do the the only other worthwhile thing I can do in this horrible situation, and that would be to uh, roll to. To hit the uh, the terrible monsters that are beating up my friend. We're at a plus four escalation die or three. Correct. Plus four. And the arrow goes sailing over them a uh, good twenty feet. No one's exactly sure how I became. You know, went from dead eye eagle pants to no eye <laughs> McBlind pants. But uh, well, you are wearing a mask all the time. It's got to affect your peripheral vision a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. It only turns clear when I cast spells, not when I'm shooting arrows. <laughs> okay, Ravage, it is your turn. You are stunned. Save in. Uh, can I can I do that right now? Yeah, well, that's, that's all you can do. If, if I, Well, let me double check. I think stun means the only thing you can do is um, roll your save. Oh, no, okay. Stun creatures take a negative four penalty, penalty to defenses and cannot take any actions. So the only thing you can do is roll your save and attempt to end it. I'm going to do that. Okay. Do I get my plus four bonus for it being four round, the fourth round? No. Excellent. Yeah, stun that. All right. You are no longer stunned. However, again, that is your turn. Essentially your turn. And you are still vulnerable to their attacks until the end of their next turn. So on this attack, you are still vulnerable and can be restunned. We all took extra hit points between last session and this one, and it's not going to save us. Uh, Somewhere, the angry DM is laughing manically. (laughs) There's like a single tear going down. He's so proud. All right, so the escalation die is at five, though I kind of feel like I'm cheating because you guys suck that turn. So the first ghoul is going to attack Ravage. Uh, Hits but does not hit with an even attack, so you are not stunned, but you do take an additional 12 points of damage. Holy shit! Does that drop you? No, not yet! Okay, because uh, if it did, the other guy was going to move on, but since you're still up, he will attack you. Oh, I should have lied! <laughs> and he hits you as well, so that's an additional 12 points of damage. Okay, now! <laughs> now I'm no longer living. Okay. If you hadn't been stunned last round, we could have run away, but now you're unconscious. All right, Fidel. So, uh, Caleb, be looking up death rules for 13th age. <laughs> All right, I'll have that ready for you in a minute here. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, actually, time out. This is important because this is something Caleb and I discussed. Death in this game is optional. You, even if you get to the point where your character should die, you have the option of saying, no, I didn't die from that, but you have to take a critical injury. Some sort of, like, you lose a hand, or your arm's ripped off, or your eyeball's ripped off. 
So you can take a, a dis- disfiguring injury in exchange for not dying, even could, if we get to that point. But if we don't get to that point, then you don't have to. Replacing all of my skin with chain mail? <laughs> uh, no, this is not Hellraiser. Okay. So, Sidel, you just saw Ravage get ravaged and goes down in a heap of ghoul bodies. Those two ghouls are injured, and there are more figures in the darkness, shadows coming towards you, but they're still quite a ways away. So mm-hmm. what would you like to do? And and I know they move a little... They're, they're sort of slow and purposeful, to borrow with a 40k terminology. I'm, I'm going to try and shoot more arrows at these ghouls to see if it helps at all. Escalation die is at a very generous five. Five. 29! And uh, not a critical threat, because it's not my first strike against this one. Ooh, but it is a... I'll go ahead and make my roll for my second attack to 17 hit. Uh, no. Hmm. So I lose 18 two... is the magic number. 18 is the magic number. I lose two uh, wonderful arrows, that one of which sails home doing a big fat magic six points of damage, like every time. Okay, that staggers the one that was uh, hit by Ravage. Oh, they're so not have staggered one... yet? Oh. No. Well, Ravage basically just got Ravage. Like, he didn't really do a whole lot when he showed up. He's, he's going to have so many of his organs eaten by the time I whittle them down with my tiny little elven arrows. Nice. All right. So Ravage. I choose to lose is those organs. <laughs> All right. So, Caleb, how does dying work in 13th stage? kidney. All right. So when you're at zero hit points or below, you're unconscious and can't take action. Done. You are not dead until you are at negative half of your normal max. Fucking sweet. If you are able to use one of your recoveries or otherwise get healed while you are dying, ignore your current negative and start from zero. So I would assume you could use your rally or whatever it's called. Yeah, everybody gets one rally, right? But that you requires know. you take an action, doesn't it? Um, you can rally again, but you have to make a save. You get one free rally... And if you it's want to rally action. again... It's still an action. To... I don't think you can... Yeah, so I think what he's saying is that he isn't, he's unconscious, so he can't choose to rally. If, if, oh, if I right. hadn't wasted my heal, if I hadn't taken Bless today instead of Heal again... Uh, what's that thing where you can... Uh, what's it called? Fighting in Spirit? Well, see... Here, well, yeah, yeah. I got that here, too. Here's what's interesting, though. It says, if you're able... Eh, I don't like the wording of that. Honestly, it's Michael's game, so whatever he says <laughs> goes. Uh, well, here's maybe this is, this will make it make more sense. At the start of your turn, roll a death save. It's a hard save, so you need 16 or higher. If you get 16 or higher, you can use a recovery to return from consciousness and heal up to the normal the number of hit points you rolled with your recovery. Gotcha. If, if you roll 15 or less, uh, it's a fail, and on the fourth fail, you're dead. If you roll a nat 20, you get to take action normally after healing. Wow. The fighting in spirit that Michael just referenced. Well, here's a wait, pretty, wait, yeah, Read the example. The example in the book. An unconscious barbarian might say... Here, I'm going to replace it. The ranger has watched me rage during all these fights, and now with me down, 
he feels a little bit of my rage coming on, he gets a plus one on his attacks. So you get a plus one for this next action because of uh, Ravage going down. But first of all, Ravage, it's your turn, so you need to roll your death saving throw. But the first time you fight in spirit, it's special, so it's a plus two. Aha. So Godel gets a plus two. And it could be attack or any defense. Okay. Ooh. So mine's Fancy. gonna be a flat saving. It's just, a, it's just D20. You need a 16 or better. Oh, come on. Come on, electronic dice. Yes. Wah, wah, wah. Son of a. Okay. It is the. It is the ghoul's turn. I, I am not gonna raise the escalation die this turn because Ravage is down and Tidal missed. The ghouls are not going to ravage Ravage's body. They're going to start shambling towards Sidel. They will not make it this turn. So basically, their whole turn is coming towards you. They will get to you next turn. All right, Sidel. So you're at a plus seven from the Escalation die and from Ravage for this turn. What would you like to do? Uh, I'm going to take, hopefully, two shots. Knock an arrow and fire at the first target. Twenty, even though I botched the roll. Yes, that will hit. All right, yes, good. I don't get a second roll. Very sad. But I do get nine points of damage. We're both going to (laughs) die. Okay. Ravage, it's your turn. Good. Let me take another death saving throw. Here we go. 17. Or six. Or six. All right. Damn it. <laughs> it's the ghoul's turn. They are going to move up and engage with Sidel. I rolled a 15 and a 12. You got one round of reprieve, my friend. Woo! All aboard the fail boat. All right, you are now at a plus eight for this battle. As long as you're actively attacking, it will not go lower than that. Um, I'm engaged, but I don't... I know I don't have penalties to shoot into combat with my engaged allies. I just have a, on a critical failure, I'll maybe hit that. Basically, you don't, as I understand it, you don't provoke the one that you're shooting, but you will provoke against the other one. So if I shoot two arrows, I might provoke two attacks, and they do more damage when they hit me than I do when I hit them. One of them is staggered. <laughs> really doesn't help. If you hit both of them, then neither one of them gets a attack, because technically you will have shot at both of them. Uh, Look on on the bright side a lot there, buddy. I I like that complicated DM ruling. I'm going to roll to disengage, first of all. Okay. Hey! I disengage. You successfully disengage, so now you can fire and not get attacked. I shuffle exactly two feet away from them, which is just enough to shoot an arrow, getting a 28 into the first one, doing a big fat six damage, lucky number six. Second arrow, 20 will Ooh. hit. Yep. And the big fat 10 damage, max damage, Hello. finally. The one that you hit first is barely there. The other one is staggered. But neither one of them goes down completely. I just have to keep kiting them. All right. Ravage, your third saving throw. Big bucks, no whammies. One, two, three. Here we go. Woo! Oh! Come on. God damn it. This is the worst day of my not life. All right. 
So the ghouls are going to shamble up next to Fidel. The first one attacks with a 16. That misses you, right, Fidel? Oh, yeah. Second one, a natural 20. That'll hit me. Yes. So that is 16 points of damage. Oh. And it's a natural number, so you are uh, vulnerable to further attacks. Well, of course it's a natural number, but you mean it's I mean a, a round natural, number. Natural even number. Okay. Uh, yeah, all right. I have 12 hit points left. That's pretty juicy. Fantastic. about that. And it's now your turn. Oh, let's uh, hope I get a good roll to disengage here. Because, nope. Nope. Okay. Um, hmm. They do eight points of whack. I could technically survive one of them if I provoke. I'm going to try and shoot them with arrows anyway. It's better than using my terrible dagger. It's terrible. Hold on one, one, one quick second. Because there's a rule about attempting a second disengage. That may be what you're more interested in doing. <laughs> I'm having the best and the worst game of my life right now, guys. I just want to say that. So, uh, yeah, you do have the option of disengaging again, but uh, basically that's your second move action. So if you fail, then you don't get to do anything. So it's either attack. But if if I succeed, I can still do something? Well, you can just leave. You can disengage and get away. But they'll just shamble up and hit me next turn. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think the... Uh... If 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 I would have succeeded in the role, it would have been a real debate as to not move my use my second move to move away from them. That would be an effective kiting. Yes. But now I I think the the goal is to shoot arrows at the one that is most dead. Okay. Ah, oh, critical failure. <laughs> Do I shoot myself? <laughs> he literally looks like he's in pain. Having failed to disengage from the zombie arms, I notch an arrow, draw my bow back before one of them abuts against me, pushing the arrow down, and hit it into my own toe. Maybe or maybe not doing damage, <laughs> but definitely limiting my mobility for the next round. What I like to think happens is this ghoul is like Superman. He just puts his finger on your arrow, <laughs> and when you let go, you fly backwards. <laughs> Okay, so Ravage. Yes. We're gonna jump to Caleb before you roll your fourth death saving throw. Thank you. All right, Corbin. So you see this creature just stand up like the Terminator, take two bold steps forward, and speaks to you in sort of a, a kind of a guttural language that actually reminds you a lot of how Ravage sounds, and says, "What are you doing?" You're out of position. Oh, oh, oh. oh, sorry. And I walk away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> you get a... <laughs> Do a little Charlie Chaplin there. All right. You get like a smack on the back of the head. Ow. And uh, as you're moving back into the position where the other person was, the creature says again, the Kava is not here. It is just a brat. Roll me an intelligence check. 19. All right. You, in all of your studies, because you've, uh, you've read most things, you are somewhat familiar with the Orcish language, and you know that Kava means brother. Okay. 
what was the quote again? The kava is not here. Yeah, actually, it would be kava. She doesn't say the kava. She just says kava is not here. Just the brat. Hey, you can ask me next time you. Oh, never mind. Speak with dead. Can I? Can I try to infer who she this thing means by brat, whether it's me or somebody else? You're not sure. I, I think it would be unlikely that they're talking about you, that you were there, even though they've already identified that you're not there. Right, or that they didn't pounce on you immediately. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they've seen you earlier. So if if I walk back to the spot where the guy was, what did they do? Well, Jose, it's possible that they know you're in the museum, but they don't know that you have infiltrated their ranks. Right. But but how would they know that he hasn't left the museum in the past dozen minutes since they knew he was there? Good question. <laughs> All right, so you're going to move back to the position, then what? I just want to move back to the position of where the guy I killed was okay, and watch for a second longer and see what they do. The two that were waiting at the stairs, they start to get a little antsy, and you see the one that's closer to the balcony kind of raise up, and he looks over very uh, sort of you know surreptitiously trying to stay dark, and then he comes back and he uses some hand motions uh, that you're pretty sure you interpret as, I don't see him. And I don't hear him any longer. And uh, the t- the tall woman starts to pace back and forth, and her she's getting angry. And the far distance, you hear a lone thunderclap, which has a bit of a hint of a unicorn bleat within its rumbling. <laughs> I was gonna say something like that too. I was gonna say, can I can I use my my lightning to reanimate my heart? Well, Frankenstein. So wait a minute. The uh, the graveyard is right next to the museum, right? Yes. How convenient. How how far away is this horrible slaughter of my teammates that I don't know about? Probably twenty six feet. Twenty six feet. Probably about three hundred yards. Did I get there in a move action? <laughs> no. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Did he get there in a space time crazy teleport move action? <laughs> oh, that. Oh, yes. Yeah, that he can do. So after about another minute, the uh, the creature female thing, uh, which at this point you kind of figure is, is either an orc or a half-orc, based on its size, the way it talks, and that kind of thing, comes over and she points. She goes, you, search. And she points down the stairs. Pointing to me? Yes. I really want to know how long they can. you can keep this charade going. I want you to... Like, go back and, and, and visit this guy's family. I want you to start collecting his paychecks. I want you to, you know, go bowling with his friends. Imagine all the intelligence you could gather. As I just want to follow ghouls and then hang out in the graveyard the rest of the month. We can still hang out, you know, become a graveyard. I, I stand up and do a big attention salute, just goofing off and march down the stairs like that. You you can see, even with just the little ninja slit, her eyes narrow, and maybe like one eyebrow kind of raises, but she doesn't say or do anything as you go off down the stairs. All right, so right as you get to the bottom of the stairs, there's a loud crash as the front door is kicked in. Ravage, let's roll your fourth saving throw. Is there any way to warm up electronic dice? <laughs> I'll let you take a freebie if you want to roll one. We just say it don't count. No, because that's the one that's going to be a 20. 
Yeah, pretty much. I'm in a world of pain right now. Oh, fuck it. Oh, fucking. But, you know, having ghoul-like clammy skin for the rest of your life could be cool. Yeah, or something. Here we go. Boom. Yeah! Ah! Boom! Ah! On the last roll. Oh, he doesn't need new pants. (laughs) Ow. I haven't had a character that came this close to dying since I was, oh, God, 16? Oh, man. That was... (laughs) Good time. I've never had these feelings. So if I remember correctly, you can basically use a recovery. Yeah, you can uh, ignore your negative. So you can roll a D, a D8 or D10, whatever it is for you. Yeah. And uh, you can add that to your hit points. I sure fucking or can. Don't you set your hit points to zero and then add yeah. that on? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You start at zero first and then you add the, whatever you roll, but you do roll the recovery. But it's not a, there's not a con modifier with that, is there? I don't know, actually. I think there is. My recovery rolls a D8 plus four. I think the way it works, though, is you only apply the D, the four once, even if you use multiple recovery dice. That is correct. Well, I'm going to use that four right now. Yes. If you don't mind. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Good. I like that. Okay. I went from exactly the amount of negative I had to the exact amount of positive. Good. <laughs> okay. So you... It's good to know that if you sum our remaining hit points, we're still staggered. <laughs> So, Ravage's eyes open, and up above you, you see some swirly clouds and maybe just a, almost like heat lightning dancing along them. There's just a faint sort of warmth in the air. It's starting to spin as if a summer storm is starting to, to blow. There's going to be another I, storm in about two seconds. I'd, I'd be really impressed with the weather if I didn't have a toe sticking, an arrow sticking in my foot. <laughs> and you, uh, your eyes open, you look around. And you start to set set up, and then sort of just outside of your periphery, a hand reaches down as if to offer you help. Wait, what? What? Me? Yes. There's there's a person extending their hand out to you as if they're going to help you, like after a football play, yeah. coming to help you up. Does, does uh, it have it, all of its flesh intact? Yeah, it, does the hand smell like a ghoul? Do can I look first, or do I just blindly have to reach for this hand? Well, is there you're a pretty, Is there a manicure? I want to know everything about this hand. <laughs> you're pretty disoriented. Right. You, know, you did just die. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and reach for the hand, but I'm okay. saying, as I'm grasping, am I feeling wet clams, or am I feeling happiness no, and love? You feel like a thick leather glove, and you hear the soft chink of armor. And you're pulled up to your feet, and you are not face-to-face because you're too tall, but you're now looking down on Edmund, who says oh. you're under arrest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and at that moment, several other guards, who were these figures that were coming from out of the uh, rest of the graveyard, just fire their arrows. <laughs> the ghouls go down, and another voice shouts at Corbin, as guards rush into the museum, weapons drawn, and says, you're under arrest, and points their weapons at Corbin. I disappear! <laughs> Shadow walk! First of all, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that can be taken 
to both Edmund and Corbin. It's a multifaceted phrase I just threw out there. Nice. Lots of lots of meaning. All right, Corbin, so you're really going to disappear? Where do you go? Well, since there are now people directly opposing me, I think it would be fair to actually roll the attack for Shadow Walk. Okay. Um, this is a roll versus the mental defense of whoever in this group has the highest mental defense. Okay. Well, I only got a 10. Okay, I can tell you right now that's not going to pass. So perhaps it's something about this uniform that you're wearing. You just don't feel as comfortable um, as you you should. Or you're just startled because, you, you know, all this craziness was happening behind you. And then just suddenly from your flank come these rush of guards. And so you basically sort of stutter and you're not able to, to move. And before you know it, they have surrounded you and they're putting shackles on you. Damn it. Fine. How many of them are there? Oh, there's like a dozen or more. Damn it. And some of them are starting to filter up to the top uh, and they're spreading out through the museum. You get the feeling that they weren't there specifically for you but they knew something was going on and you just were right in front of them when they burst through the doors. So four of them have you surrounded and shackled and um, they start asking you questions, you know, about uh, you know, who else is here, what's going on. And they're kind of starting to rough you up a little bit and ask you some questions, but we will just go ahead and cut the scene here and we will pick it back up an hour later with you guys all in the drunk tank down at the station uh, with uh, Ravage having some freshly tended wounds and, and bandages wrapped around his head, arm, legs, face, neck, knee, and back. It's good I to have friends in the guards. Apparently they just spit into my wounds, rubbed salt into them as I bled my way into the drunk tank. I'm not even drunk. Th- I've just lost a lot of blood. <laughs> I'm not drunk, I'm woozy. I had so many things to say to Edmund. Uh I've never been so happy to be in jail in my life. <laughs> so you uh, you guys are in the drunk tank. It actually takes a few minutes, Caleb. They finally remove your hood. And when they see that it's actually Corbin, they change their posture quite rapidly. They don't say anything to you, but like they're getting kind of like rough with you. And then just like suddenly they're like, oh, uh, yeah, you're under arrest. You know, come with us. They take your weapons, but they don't take any of your other possessions. And uh, that's, they basically lead you to, they put you like a paddy wagon, like a horse-drawn carriage. You guys are put in them. You're taken to the station. And you've got a few minutes before by yourself, but you know that Edmund is right outside. Uh, and very likely he's going to come in and talk to you soon. So is there anything you guys want to do in the room before uh, Edmund comes in? I love you guys. <laughs> I want to real quick pull out the two pieces of parchment I got and look at them. Okay. There are a series of numbers, each one just along this number, dash, number, dash, number, dash, number, dash, number, dash, number. Um, are there, but they're both different patterns of numbers. Yeah, actually, hold on. I might be able to uh, show you. Okay. So that is what you see on, on one piece of paper. There's the first series of numbers, and then the second piece of paper is the second series of numbers. For those of you who are listening, there's about mm, 20, 25 just apparently random numbers on the first one and a few more on the second. Uh, Is this a code that... Where are these numbers? Yeah, I'm wondering that myself. 
they're on the two scraps of paper that Caleb or Corbin found in the hidey holes that he thinks Cornelius may have left for him. Uh, is this a code that Corbin recognizes in any vague comprehension? You have learned from Cornelius some uh, simple ciphers. Uh, your first... Is it Rot 13? You're, you're pretty sure this is just a simple number substitution. The, the, the scrawl is very quick. So you imagine this is something he probably had to do off the top of his head. He didn't have time to like have a, a cipher wheel in front of him. So it had to have been really simple. He was a smart man, but he probably couldn't have done a complex code in his head that fast. Okay. I'm going to put that... Well, they didn't take my pouch when they arrested us, right? Right. You still have your gear. They did take your weapons, and they would have searched you. So they may have even seen the pieces of paper and put them where you but they didn't take them. They wouldn't have really even paid that much attention to them. Okay. Then um, I'll just stick them back in the pouch for the time being and say, well, guys, what happened with you? I, I, had, an, I had an interesting night. My uh, The mask I wear curdles into such an intense frown that uh, the corners of the lips begin to curl in on themselves like the shell of an egg. Or uh, shell of a seashell, right? And and uh, I glower from amidst bloody scrapes and ghoul droppings and my burnt nose hairs from the intense smell. And I I say nothing. <laughs> Thunder rumbles in the distance, and I just look around and go, uh, uh, ow. <laughs> yeah, you guys look like you're kind of. Am, am I good? Yeah, you were mid-quip, and then you muted yourself. I was, I was saying, yeah, you guys look like you're kind of beat to shit. Yep. That about sums it up. Uh, at that moment, the door opens, and Edmund says, and you smell like death. You can give us feedback and comments on our website, therpgacademy.com. You can listen to previous podcasts on our website and subscribe to new ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a table topic, we'd love to hear it. Email us at podcast at therpgacademy.com or connect with us. We're on Twitter at therpgacademy. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash therpgacademy. We also have a Google Plus page, The RPG Academy. As always, thanks for listening, and remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.